It's time for Lacrosse Classified on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. Your go-to source for all things NLL and box lacrosse. Now, settle down and listen up. It's time for Lax Class. What's going on, lacrosse fans? Welcome back to Lacrosse Classified. Lax Class for short. You're on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network for Lax Class 242. We're almost halfway to 500. That's pretty exciting stuff. I hope this podcast is exciting too, as it's Jake Elliott Santino Farah back with you. I'm back in the motherland, Tino, Canada, home. Uh, back from San Diego, and uh, happy to be with you here on Lacrosse Classified this week, my man. What's going on? Yeah, not a lot. Just uh, dying from the heat right now. So welcome back. As I mentioned last week uh, on last week's episode, uh, Maple Ridge and San Diego, comparable weather for sure. So honestly, uh, not too far off. Uh, now <laughs> a that a little I'm, more smoky down yeah, here, I, I would have to imagine, that's but. True. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think people probably want to know more about how uh, your summary of how the past couple of weeks was because you were you were right in the thick of it. Yeah, it was uh, like I said, man. It was uh, one of the most rewarding, and I would say one of the most challenging broadcast experiences I've had in my career. Just with that many teams, and you really you, like we had our schedule laid out for like the first five days of the tournament, and then when playoffs and playdowns and stuff started it was kind of on the fly. So we, you know, like Teddy had the bracket out and was like going through all the different scenarios and okay, who do I got tomorrow? Okay. This winner plays the loser of this game. Loser plays the winner of this game. And you know, then you gotta, you gotta figure it out. Right. And and if you haven't done that team before, then you're, you're scrambling for pronunciations and then you got the, the stats and the, the records and all that stuff to prepare for. So, you know, you think, oh, yeah, down San Diego calling a couple of cross games. But, like, you're literally grinding for 10 hours a day uh, between calling games and prep and the in-between time and all that sort of stuff. Got a lot of stuff done game-wise and, and got a little fun in there, too, Tino. Don't get me wrong. I had a chance to play some disc golf down there, as uh, as I was eager to do, and, and checked out a, a couple of legendary courses in, in Morley Field, which... I think it's one of the oldest courses in San Diego and, you know, it didn't blow my socks off track wise, but just a super cool vibe around that place and watched a guy ace, uh, ace a hole, which was super neat. Got Challoner out on the course uh, in a little place called Kalina, which is like a pitch and putt golf course with a disc golf course on it. <laughs> and not a lot of out of bounds, not a lot of super long holes or anything. So kind of a perfect spot for a newcomer to check it out and Bradley uh, was was pretty darn good for a first time out I must say and by the end of it he was like oh let me let me try one another one let me let me throw one more on this hole so I don't know I think he kind of he got the bug uh he he was feeling it by the by the end of the round I uh, went up to Escondido Tino and, and played a, a course called Kit Carson which was maybe my my favorite out of the four that I played just kind of a good mix of of everything and hooked up with a couple of cool guys to play the round with and then Danny came to town. We took a trip up to Oceanside, California, which was yeah, just under an hour away from, from San Diego where we were staying. And I played a course that is an official Elite Series Tour Stop course that the big boys play on, Tino. 
and she was uh she was sunny, she was hot, but she was windy on the top of this course called Goat Hill. And holy shit, dude. Like I this this <laughs> <laughs> this course was easily the hardest that I've ever played and second place is probably not even close. And if you didn't like throw it 450 off the tee, you would land in spots that would cost you an extra shot just to get it to where you needed it to go off the tee, essentially. Like, it was up, it was down, it was blowing, it was long. Holy crap, man. It gave me a new appreciation for for what, what the pros are able to accomplish. So, did all that. Went to uh, La Jolla Beach, which is maybe one of the nicest areas in the San Diego surrounding uh, checked out the beach down there, spent a, a couple hours, uh, saw some dudes playing some lax on the beach. So uh, they had an extra stick, had a little toss around on the beach in San Diego, which was pretty cool. And uh, I think that was pretty much it for, for San Diego. You know, we were treated really well down there. We kind of had all access passes to get into each stadium and into the VIP areas and um, so I had like a, a really sweet setup for the, the final and the gold medal game for Canada USA, which have sadly, of course, did not go Canada's way on Canada Day on top of that. So that was a tough pill to swallow. The boys left it out there and uh, just came up a little bit short against the Americans. So there you go. There's 10 days for Jumbo down San Diego. <laughs> yeah. And also the listeners should probably know as well. Uh, I texted Jake yesterday just to say, uh, Hey, I'm golfing tonight or whatever. I think we we're uh, we we're maybe supposed to be recording or something. Yeah. I'm like, oh, change of plans, can't do it. Um, I'm golfing tonight, and his response to me was, "Ball golf or disc golf?" <laughs> so uh, for the people out there that think it's hilarious that he calls golf ball golf, yeah. uh, he's now questioning. I knew, I knew, <laughs> I knew. Uh, you got your new T-shirt on though. You were looking for a little uh, Italia, and uh, came home with a couple of guests for Tino for. We're putting the podcast together. It looks good. Yeah, I, I the other shirt. Jen thought the the other shirt you got me was hilarious. It says uh, says eat pasta, run fasta, which is just <laughs> incredible. So I'm so stoked. There's like Italian lacrosse merch at yeah. these. I'm sure every team had merch, but it's so cool. Like to just be able to take a step back and look at the overall experience. Like to be able to see like team Jamaica is, is, has like some of the hottest items. Like people were going crazy about like these custom shafts that they had and all the gear that they had and, and Uganda and all these other places that have merch that you can go and buy. Like so cool. I saw like Nick Osello was taking pictures with teams and, and every time he in the Yeah. And, and like every time as well, like he would have the team's Jersey on with some of the guys he was taking pictures with and stuff. It's to be able to take a look from afar and just look at the overall uh, experience um, from my perspective. I, and, and just from a fan's perspective, I think it's just so cool to see how far lacrosse has come. It's, it's pretty unbelievable. Yeah. Brad, Teddy and I all kind of said to each other, like, did you ever think in your life you would be calling a Ugandan national lacrosse team game in San Diego. Like it, it's just, it, it's a little bit surreal to kind of take a step back and, and think about it like that. So, you know, a massive thank you to Steve Govett who extended the invitation to come down there uh, to Mike Grace, who kind of helped organize uh, all the logistics of getting us down there to all the folks at world lacrosse who helped us along the way, getting us ready for games and, and what have you. 
Uh, everybody involved, man. Like, you know, the, all the volunteers down there were just amazing. And uh, the whole the whole time, except for the, the sunstroke and, and sunburn and my face kind of falling off a little bit on day number one, uh, it, it was a really good time down there. And uh, some super cool stories coming out of that tournament for sure. Uh, what else uh, do we need to kick off the top? What's going on back home here, man? You've been uh, filling in. I even actually, I was, I was thinking that maybe Dowick might show up this week unexpectedly again. He, he was down there in San Diego uh, for I want to say the semifinal game. I saw him down there. We were sitting amongst the people in the stands, and and there comes Dowick and Loeffler strolling around with, uh, you know, glassware in their hands with beverages. And they stopped, chatted for a second. They said, oh, you know, we got to get back to our suite now. Now it's kind of like, ah, man, you guys, like, you know, you're there in San Diego. How about experience what it's like (laughs) to live amongst the norms, you know? But no, no, they big-timed us a little bit. Got to get back to the suite. Um, So we we didn't see Dowick for too long. Talk about uh, soft in a word, huh? Yeah. You, you want to experience it with, with the people, with the peasants down here? No, no, no. I got to go back to my suite and get a refill, guys. Privileged. Pampered. Soft, Jamie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So there's your world lacrosse wrap up. Uh, we're going to talk some WLA here today. We're going to talk some Junior A, I'm sure, as well. We're going to uh, continue our, our series convo with the captain and a little caveat here. Well, I don't know if I want to spoil it, but Jordy Jones-Smith, JJS of the New York Riptide and Brooklyn Lacrosse Club will join us in period number two. Period three, we got quick sticks coming up. Uh, we got a few quick sticks this week. And Tino, we're in the win column again last week. We did it. Uh, we're on a heater two out of the last three weeks, and uh, we're looking for more coming up this week with lax class locks. Feeling good. One two out of three, row. baby. Yeah, here two we out go. of three. So stay tuned for all of that. And of course, here in period number one, Stampede Stallions are around the corner, but right now it's report card day. <laughs> Class. Today is report card day. Today is report card day. It's report card day. I take out my report card. Settle down, class. It's report card. <laughs> <laughs> report cards. Uh, report cards. They're brought to you by Stampede. No, they're not. That's a lie, Tino. I just lied to you. They're brought to you by Mitch Jones Real Estate. That's what they uh Mitch Jones Real Estate. You know Mitch Jones, a uh, member of the New Westminster Sandbellies, and who knows uh, who he'll be suiting up for in the upcoming NLL season. Will he be back in Philly? Will he be back in Vancouver? Somewhere else, potentially? We'll have to wait and find out about that, but right now we know one thing. Mitch Jones has partnered up with Stonehouse Realty. And whether you're a first-time homebuyer, a seasoned investor expanding your portfolio, I think that means you're rich in a, in a sentence there, or a homeowner that's ready to sell, Mitch Jones Real Estate, powered by Stonehouse, has the expertise to guide you towards success. Uh, that was a pretty successful read, if I don't say so myself. So at Mitch Jones Real Estate, 
They understand buying a home is one of life's most complicated and significant decisions you're going to make. They want to help you with that. So give Mitch Jones a call, 604-916-6772, or give Mitch Jones a follow on Instagram, at Mitch Jones 4. And Mitch, Mitch has got to get his stuff straightened out here a little bit because he's got, you know, he wears 16, but he's Mitch Jones 4 on Insta. He's Mitch Jones 74 on Twitter. Uh, I don't know if he knows that he can change that or not, or maybe those <laughs> numbers are taken. But so just get at him. 604-916-6772. And uh, who knows? Mitch, he hasn't been playing for the bellies for the last few games. We'll see if he's in the lineup tonight because we're recording on Tuesday. They're taking on the Adnacks tonight at the Palace. Uh, and then big rematch Thursday night against Langley uh, at Queen's Park Arena. I'm looking forward to that one. Oh, were you waiting for me? But yeah, well, yeah. Uh, they, you got a chance to call last week, right? That yeah, was and it was a really disappointing game well, to be completely. I was, I was, I was, was, team I was really team excited up. for that for the same reasons that you probably are. Uh, the two top teams. Uh, I said to Drew Belgrave after the game as well. I was saying like, hey, like you guys probably know this is the team you're going to have to go through. Obviously, if you're expecting a deep playoff run, and he's like, yeah, of course, kind of thing. I am expecting a much better effort from New West, or at the very least, a much better start. Um, but, I mean, Langley's Langley, man. They're a super team right yeah, now. Absolutely, and and I would expect a better effort as well. Those uh, Stonehouse player of the game interview is a little tougher when uh, they get their doors blown off in postgame, right? Yeah, but I was actually I was a little anxious going into that one because it was a pretty poor performance. But Drew Belgrave gave a he's a good talker, man. Yeah. He gives really good answers. I I was anxious because I thought like, oh man, I'm gonna get somebody that's probably pretty pissed off. Like they don't want to talk to anybody right now. Like this is gonna be awkward. But no, man, he was like really comfortable in front of the camera. He was like I said, a great talker. I really appreciate that from athletes who yeah. can give a solid interview as opposed to just like the classic. Like yeah. pucks in deep, yeah, heavy yeah. forecheck kind <laughs> yeah. of thing. Crowley got pissed at me that I took too long to get down. And he missed out on the celebration in the locker room. Because it was... <laughs> he and uh, Logie were actually down in San Diego with the uh, Fusion West team. And, and the old boys were down there. The Masters guys, they were playing in a tournament at another location down there. Didn't get a chance to run into those guys. But uh, there was a bunch of people down in San Diego. By the way, did you know I didn't know this? But on Southwest Airlines, you do not get a assigned seat. Like you get like a, like they'll give you like okay, you're you're B thirty six, and that just means so like first A goes like one to sixteen loads on, then sixteen to thirty one loads on, then B one to sixty, and you just get on the plane and pick a seat. It's absolute <laughs> pandemonium, man. Like I. <laughs> But somehow it kind of works as well. So uh, prison rules. Yeah, a bit of a unique situation there with Southwest <laughs> Airlines. All right, report cards. Tino, you're up first. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to go kind of middle of the road, leading more so towards the negative, negative-ish side. So, yeah, I don't know. Take it for what it is. Uh, I'm going to go C+. And I'm going to put it towards... I got to be careful about the way that I say this because I don't want to make anybody too upset with mm. me, but uh, it's towards TSN. Mm. Um, and the careful reason I'm saying that, too. I know, okay. just hear me out, okay. hear me out. That's why it's middle of the road here. The reason I'm <laughs> it's saying this. It's a passing this, grade. It's a passing grade. Yeah, it's passing, but room for improvement. For all of the 
world games and this applies to the nll games as well when you're on tsn plus or if if you're just using the tsn app and you're looking to click on a game the thumbnail that they use for these lacrosse games Mm. is always this copy and paste thumbnail of uh like a blank canvas using um like a field lacrosse background with a net and a a really bad looking lacrosse stick with yellow mesh and then the two teams logos on like to say like who's playing kind of thing you're going deep on this one holy (laughs) this is something that irked me mostly during the nll season okay because it was that exact same thumbnail for the NLL, as I just described, that they used for the Worlds, it's clearly a field across background with just the two teams logo on it, and it to me it comes across as kind of lazy. And the reason I'm bringing it up in regards to the World Games is because we talked about off the top of the show here about how like you take a step back and you look at how cool this experience is and how cool the opportunity is and just how unbelievable everything is as a whole. To me. I think it would go a long way to viewers using the TSN app and stuff like that. If something as small as the thumbnail had a little bit of more effort put into it, as opposed to just this blank background that they've been using this entire time and then just like copy and paste it. And as well in regards to the NLL season, why is it a field? Like there's literally a field lacrosse net in the background of this thumbnail. And then when Rochester's playing, it's the old Nighthawks logo. Like it it comes across as just really lazy. And like, this is something that's kind of on the back burner. I get it. It's just a thumbnail, but to people that, to that pay attention to stuff like this, like myself, it comes across as like, ah, whatever, who's going to look at it. Yeah. And when you're talking about something like the world games, I don't think that should be the case. I, that is a deep pull on, on the report card there, team. But I, I think you're onto something, man. I was watching on, on ESPN for the most part down there and they just went up straight up with just the two flags, like Austria versus Ireland. And you could see like, cause there's multiple games going on at once. And it was really easy to decipher which game was which and, and, you know, quick and easy to pick. But you're right. I, you know, I don't know how all that dynamic works. Like if it's up to the league to supply the, the graphic or if it's TSN, you know, mocking something up on their own or whatever. But um, I, I think you're onto something there, Tino. I can, I can get down with you on the, on the C plus on that. Thank you. Anything else? Um, no, I've, I said what I had to say. I said okay. my piece. Okay. I'm, uh, <laughs> I got, I got a bunch of report cards here. Um, I actually, I think I had like a, you know, good one, a bad one and a middle of the road one. But right now I can't think of what the middle of the road one is. So maybe I'll just go bad and good here. I'll start with the bad. The fifth and sixth place game at the world championship was played between team England who finished in fifth in 2018 against team Japan who finished in six. So essentially it was a rematch here uh, between these two teams. And the significance of it is if you finish in the top five, you finish in the A pool for the, the next world championships, which is at Canada, U.S., Australia, the Haudenosaunee. 
So a bit of a rematch game here, and Japan, who was fantastic all week long, and England, who kind of struggled all week long in Pool A playing that competition, didn't score a lot of goals, got their doors blown off them a couple times. Japan, on playing in Pool B, was rolling over teams, even shut out a team, I think. So it all kind of set up this this big game. At the very end of it, was Japan up three goals, an England long-pole defenseman by the name of Andrew Baxter takes a run at one of the star Japanese players with about six seconds to go. The game's over, essentially. Runs at him, crown of his helmet, drives it right up under the guy's chin mask. He is laying motionless on the ground for a long period of time. Ambulance onto the field. Uh, You know, a a teammate kind of came to his aid and, and got a couple of shots in on this guy who has a history of doing garbage like this. And now he's been suspended for six games. He's He was playing in his third world championships. His career is probably over for the national team at Team England. I don't even know if he is remorseful or not. Like there was video of him on the sideline kind of shrugging off his teammates and coaches and what have you. And obviously was running hot and was upset at the end of the game and just lost his mind. But again, this is like a kind of a repeat offender. There was an incident earlier in the game. But at the end of the day of all this, it took what was a magical, fantastic moment for Team Japan and international lacrosse. And instead of a, a celebration at the end of this game, it was just absolute concern for a teammate. And this guy, Andy Baxter, robbed Team Japan and all those fans there and the, the people watching back home of, of an unreal moment in our sport. And for that, Baxter, you're getting a double F minus, dummy. Don't do shit like that. Like, I, I get it. It's an emotional, physical game, but the game is essentially over. There's six seconds left in this, and you're down by three goals, and you decide to go head-on-head with a guy and drive him out of bounds into a fence. And for what? Just to sow your oats? I don't, I don't understand this, Tino, and it was a real bad look on this dude and England lacrosse who is going to you know, investigate this further and what have you. I don't know. But this guy's career is is essentially done. He's done for next World Championships around six games. And he's not going to be around for the next one after that. So good riddance as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, England lacrosse is probably better off without this guy. Um, and it's good to see as well the, the uh, Japanese player, he got released from the hospital. Like he didn't sustain any serious injuries after they checked him over and everything. So that's obviously the best case, well, best case scenario aside from the scenario of none of this existing. Um, I'm glad you called it, uh, or I'm glad you brought up that it was head to head because like we have to call it what it is. That was a headbutt. Um, and to the people that are, using the excuse of because and I've seen this on Twitter and stuff, the people saying play to the whistle, uh, good quality cross check, stuff like that. Just shut your mouth, man. That it's as dangerous uh, as it gets. That's as dangerous as it gets in probably as unnecessary of a situation as you could possibly imagine. I don't think realistically, aside from maybe like when two players are like jawing back and forth and they're, they're face mask to face mask. Yeah. That's probably the closest thing to a headbutt that I think I've ever seen in lacrosse. And I'd like to think that's probably because 
the players that are playing, no matter what level you're playing at, know that that's probably about as like chicken shit it's of like a thing you could somebody, do. Like it, it, that's about as cowardly as it gets to try and and drive your head, not try to, to successfully drive your head into somebody else's head in that situation of a game. That's the ultimate coward move. I'm glad that world lacrosse essentially suspended him for the entire i so what these are these are four years apart the world games yeah. right yeah so and yeah six, i mean seven games total right so it's yeah so he's essentially suspended for i mean like so uh, what the next four years, eight years miss, from now and he's yeah, already exactly. played in three so, so he's done he's yeah done. which is phenomenal and i was just reading um i mean phenomenal i don't even know if that feels great to say but I was reading like the statement that England lacrosse put on their website as well. It looks like they're doing their own investigation. Yeah. They're what's, handling what's this. What's to investigate? You saw it. Just make the decision and get it yeah, over Yeah, just, just ban him from the program. That's yeah. that's the only real correct answer here. So Speaking of, you know, legends of the world lacrosse, the Czech Republic team has a guy by the name of Pavel Doshley. I don't know if you saw the clip or not, but he pulled off the hidden ball trick. Uh, to perfection against Team Sweden. If you haven't seen that, go check that out. Hashtag clip it. This guy, Tino, was playing in his seventh world championship. <laughs> so he's played in four field. So that's 16 years and two box. That, so this was his fifth. I don't know like how old he was when he played in his first. He had to be 18, 19 maybe. And he's you know got to be pushing 40, if not older now. Unreal. And he played every game, regular shift, like just an absolute. Like I compared him to Paul Rabel or John Grant Jr. or Gary Gate of the Czech Republic. Like I think that's how famous this guy is back there. Wow, that's incredible. I, I did see the video of the hidden ball trick too. Like I feel so bad for the goalies because it's impossible to let that in and not just look like yeah. so stupid. But it's so funny to see a goal go in when the goalie's just on looking, the other looking, side of the crease. Yeah. It's it wasn't even that good of one. That was kind of the funny part of it, right? <laughs> the guy was like doing the speed power cradle to try and sell it, and the the goalie just bit hard. Uh, so. That's not that's not my letter grade though. I want to give. Well, I was kind of debating between B plus and A minus. I'll go A minus here, Tino, just because I can't. I don't want to you know fill your head up here too much. But to you, uh, to Eddie Gregory and and Ian Wilson who filled in for yours truly over the last ten year, ten days doing WLA games in my absence. Uh, I had a chance to kind of check out a little bit of each of you and um you know it, it made me rest assured that i had the right guys in place there doing the job you guys were fantastic and i just appreciate all you guys stepping up it was kind of a last minute thing for me to take off to san diego and i scrambled and and got you guys in place and uh you guys didn't let me down so uh all three of you guys are getting an a minus for me this week much much appreciated and i gotta say as well like i, I we said last episode that was my first time calling games in queens park mm. since like the xll super series so um and truth be told like this is kind of a a freezing cold take to a lot of people when i was growing up i actually hated playing in queens park <laughs> because i thought it was so hot in there and the benches are so small kind of thing now that i now that i don't play there anymore and i'm and i'm only there as a broadcaster 
it's such a sweet arena. Like it's so the booth up there is like, it's still a, little, hot. a little frightening, still but hot. super hot, yeah. but it's so the, the vibe in that arena, the second you walk through the doors yeah. and being able to see the entire thing from that view up there is just unbelievable. And, and the other thing as well, just to wrap it up, I was saying to Jen, when you told me that I had to do these stone house player, the game interviews, yeah. um, I have never until, until these, I've never done an in-person interview before. Because when I was in school, like it was no, Zoom COVID. University yeah. and all these interviews that we do is <laughs> online. So the first one that I did, I was like shaking on my way over there. I was oh, like, oh my man. God, just get through this. But now like I, I, I think they're, they're so fun to do. Like, I hope I get to do more. So okay. shout out to you for giving well, the opportunity. Stick around. Uh, Man Cup's coming up. Playoffs <laughs> are coming up. Uh, might be some. Some room for you in the booth uh, in the next couple of months. You got a busy, you got a busy schedule coming up. Founders coming up. Are you doing the? Uh, well, maybe we should save that for quick sticks. I'll add that to my list. I'll add that to my list. You know, I just thought of another one. All right. So instead of doing that, let's uh, saddle up, partner. We're heading for the Stampede Tax Stables. Nay, 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 nay. That was a good one. Yeah, that was a, that was a welcome back, Nate. For the third episode in a row, Jen is home while I have to do this. I want so. you to like have her in the in the room with you doing this, and maybe even, she was last week. Uh, she could even give us a horse noise if she wanted. <clears throat> okay, here we go. Nay, nay. <laughs> you tried to you tried to add on to to your horse noise this week, Tino. It didn't go. Yeah, so well I just as as long as I'm better than Brad's like turkey gobble. I'm content. Yeah, I don't know what he does there. I don't know what he does. <laughs> All right, Stampede Tack and Western Wear Stables brought to you by Stampede Tack out there in Cloverdale. They've been there since 1966, corner of Highway 10 and 180th. And when you think Stampede Tack, you think boots, work boots, motorcycle boots, cowboy boots. And, of course, the Blundstones, Tino, those are the, the top sellers always. Uh, Any time is a good time to wear Blundstones. And they're all available, newest styles, men's, women's, children's, different colors, different styles. Blundstones, Stampede Tack and Western Wear, stampede.ca. Hop online, still shopping local, and get yourself a pair of Blundstones. Uh, stallions of the week, Tino, you're going first. I am going, I mean, West coast bias shocker, but I'm not going to the junior a league this time. I'm sticking in the WLA. Uh, and I'm going with one Colton Clark. Oh yes. Um, was still looking for his, uh, first goal of the year. Uh, the last time that I called a bellies game last week and then goes off. For eight points for them for those being goals uh in New West's last game against Burnaby, their uh their 18-11 win over Burnaby, high scoring game. But um I wanted to give him a shout out because he's been playing offense for basically the entirety of the season. I think he's typically like more of a 
defensive minded transition guy, generally speaking with some offensive skill, but he was playing mostly offense this season with the belly still kind of waiting for some guys to get back into the lineup. And then, you know, Keegan ball comes back and uh, obviously they got Kevin Crowley and Hayden Dixon and stuff like that. But I think with, with big cat in San Diego, while they were playing against Burnaby, I think that brought uh, Colton Clark back into the offensive side of the floor and he lit it up eight points was a huge contributing, like he, aside from, I think Noah Armitage was the only other guy that had more points than him. Um, I think Colton Clark was the next guy in line with his eight points. So I wanted to give him a shout out and add him to the Stampede Stack stables because uh, it's pretty well-deserved. Welcome to the stable, Colton Clark. This, as per Adam Levy, NLL. On Friday, June 30th, Sam Belly's Colton Clark had his best game, offensively speaking, in the WLA in over a decade. Last week against the Sandbillies, well, not against the Sandbillies, I think against the Lakers is what he meant to say. Clark scored four goals and dished out four assists for eight points. The last time Clark scored four or more goals was June 3rd, 2011. He was playing with the Burnaby Lakers at the time, and that's the last time Clark had eight or more points in a game. So he goes 12 years. <laughs> that is incredible. Uh, he's looking good, Cole Clark, and uh, he's going to look good in the Stampede Tax stable. And another guy that's going into the stable this week is, I don't think he's ever been in the Stampede Tax stable, but one Austin Stotts here, Tino Farah, is going in this week. And Audie, who obviously has been playing for the Haudenosaunee Nationals, was the MVP of the tournament. In my eyes, I got a vote on this. I I thought this was like a no brainer. Like, how do you not vote for Austin Stotts, who had twice as many goals as every other player at the tournament, except for 13. He had nine more goals than the next closest player in the tournament and was playing in pool A, just like the eventual MVP and Brennan O'Neill. I get. Team USA won the gold medal, and O'Neal was fantastic in that gold medal game. No question he was the MVP of that game. But if we're talking the entire 10-day tournament here, this was not even a close race. Austin Stotts blew the competition away and was clearly the best player at this tournament. And I thought he got robbed uh, of the MVP of this tournament. So in lieu of that, Austin Stotts, you're going into the Stampede Tax Stables this week. Arguably a bigger honor than winning MVP well, of the tournament. Close. Um, it's close. <laughs> it, it brings up a, a really interesting debate about, uh, I mean, like you see the same thing, you, or you could say the same thing in the NHL with the, the Con Smythe winner and stuff like that. Like when it was the last time it went to a team that lost in the finals. I, I think ultimately the answer to this is there should be a Two finals. Yeah. Yeah, there needs to be an MVP of the finals and there needs to be a tournament MVP because I don't really think there's any denying that Stotts wins the the MVP of the entire thing. I just think for like the optics of it, it was the same reason that like like Michael Sowers won the MVP in the last PLL finals when the Water Dogs won it. And I think legitimately nobody will convince me otherwise that the only reason he won it was because he was a Philly kid and the game was in Philly. Because like Dylan Ward definitely should have won it, but okay. whatever. I'm gonna this go off is, on a tangent. Th- this is the 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 major issue that I have with it all. We were required to submit our votes like prior to the gold medal game starting. 
So how does that game even play a factor? Like, I was under the assumption that it was for pool round and playoffs. So maybe some people submitted their votes late. I actually asked who is in charge of of running the the all-world teams to see a breakdown of the vote. Like, I don't need to see who voted for who, but I'd like to see, you know, how many people voted for said person just to kind of see how close the race was. Because I, I just, I can't understand. I cannot understand how Austin Stotts was not named MVP of that tournament. It's, it, it, it's shameful, quite frankly. They should release that information. They should, well, they, they should I, release it. I the thought votes. they should, and maybe they don't have to do it publicly, but I asked to see it, and I haven't got a reply yet. So mm-hmm. take that for what it is, and uh, we'll just wait and see whether that comes out eventually. Uh, I think that'll do it for period number one, a big one that it was. We got more to come here on Lax Class 242. Convo with the captain, Jordy Jones-Smith, Brooklyn Lacrosse Club, is up next. Stay classified. This is Connor McClellan, and you're listening to Lax Class. Welcome back to Lacrosse Classified. We're into the second period of action here on EP242. It's Jake Elliott. It's Santino Farah. And with us here in the second period of play, as always, is Rycor Construction. What do they do at Rycor? They make it stand out, whether it's interior or exterior renovations, kitchens, bathrooms, fences, flooring, decks. Some putting in a pool the other day. Uh, and when they do this, they make it stand out. See for yourself on Instagram or Facebook at Rycor Construction Inc. Or go straight to the website, www.rycorconstruction.ca. And you can see all their handiwork for themselves. They got the contact info, all that sort of stuff, rycorconstruction.ca. Uh, now, join us. First timer on Lax Class. Uh, join the podcast here is. Jordy Jones-Smith. Convos with the captain. Now, Jordy, I almost let this slip in the first period, but I didn't do it because I didn't I didn't kind of want to spoil things here. I was searching around on, on the website and, you know, through the socials and what have you, asking people, who's the captain of Brooklyn Lacrosse Club this year? I could not find this out from anybody. Finally, I ran down the Hall of Famer Gavin Prout one of your coaches, and I said, Gaffy, like, what's going on here? Who's the captain this year? He says, we don't have one. And I was like, <laughs> he goes, we got a different lineup every single night. And I said, well, I guess maybe you're coming on the podcast this week then. He said, no, no, I'm down in San Diego with some of the alumni in Team Canada. I'll be on a plane. Can't do it. He says, let me text Cross, and I'll ask him what he thinks. So just so you know, Jordy, Jason Crosby, your your head coach, uh, s- submitted your name to the front of the list here. So I don't, by the time you walk back into the Brooklyn Lacrosse Club locker room for your next game, there could be a C slapped on your jersey for Jordy Jones-Smith. Welcome to Lax Class. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. And uh, yeah, I hope so. That'd be pretty cool um, to have. I pretty much like one of the first games they just said like go take the ceremonial face off and that's <laughs> that's kind of where it came from and or or if a ref needs to talk uh like be talked to so it, they called me out so um yeah I guess that's how I found out that I was more so in a leadership role there. <laughs> well, I think it's high time man and I'm I'm looking at this Brooklyn roster and quite frankly Jordy like I recognize a few names on here but there is a lot of names 
that I don't recognize from Brooklyn teams from yesteryear. And it looks like a very young up and coming team talk about the roster as a whole and, and you know, how this team has been comprised. What, what's the makeup here in Brooklyn? Yeah, that's exactly it. We are a young team. Um, and it's really based off of like our development program. Like we have the merchants who, which is our senior B team. Right. Um, we have a lot of them playing between the senior A and senior B. Um, so they're getting a lot of reps and a lot of games. And so that's kind of, what our team's comprised of just a lot of players that played both levels and just developing through. I I'm lucky enough to be a product of that as well. I played the senior B team for a while and then got a mix of both and now strictly on the A team. So that's kind of where we're at with our roster. We, we have a lot of guys like that. I probably should have introduced you to my co-host right off the top. This is Santino Farah, <laughs> by the way, Jordy. <laughs> what a wild start. I always just feel like everybody just knows Tino because he's on the podcast, but that's not the case. So uh, meet Tino, Tino Jordy. What's going How's on, Jordy? Going, Tino? <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess I, I want to ask you first then, like considering you guys do have such a large roster and, and split between Senior B and Senior A, is there anybody that flies a little bit under the radar that you've noticed that you think could probably crack an NLL roster in the in the near-ish future? Um, absolutely. There's uh, well, there's uh, I always uh, like Parker Pfeiffer. Like he's a younger guy, but he's on a Roch uh, the, the Roch lineup. But I, I think he's amazing, like how he shoots and everything. There's another guy, Zach Kerrigan. Um, he's actually leading our team in points. Um, he's a, uh, a Halifax boy and just like i don't know he like against six nations in overtime he just bounced her short side top corner it was wild to watch right and he just he has a lot of confidence and i think he's a great player so there there's a few guys and then on the dn there's uh there's a couple that have been drafted and just haven't gotten to play yet because they did uh an extra year at school so there's a lot of a lot of under the radar players but uh they're there they're at that next level yeah you got luke pilcher and then of course kyle waters uh from the roughnecks you got connor kieran on that team uh you go down the list here a little bit uh looks like rhino has only played a couple of games but ryan keenan uh, on the roster yeah. there as well you know what what do you think so far here jordy four and three for you guys you're sitting in a playoff spot and uh you know six points back of the top two clubs here but Four points up on on the Kodiaks. You guys got to be feeling pretty good about yourself for a team that's kind of been thrown together. And like Gavin said, uh, a different lineup pretty much every single night. Uh, to be four and three here at the midway mark, uh, got to be feeling pretty good. Absolutely, yeah. We're we're pretty pumped about it. Um, we got a big week this week. We have uh, three games in about five days. Um, but yeah, like we're like every game. What I stress to the guys, like since we're a young team, is. You never know who's watching and try and make a name for yourself, right? Play like play like every game matters, which it does. Um, and that's what a lot of the, these guys are playing for. They're playing for a roster spot and um, just trying to prove themselves. So that's kind of the attitude we're taking. And it's good. Like we have we have a lot of young players that are that are hungry and fast. So that's kind of the approach we're taking. Just be young, fast and hungry to make that next jump. I was looking over your guys' stats like earlier today, just in preparation for the interview and stuff. And and the thing that stood out to me the most is subtle while flex, you guys you know, have subtle flex that you're preparing for the podcast. Yeah, I do a little <laughs> prep, whatever. I'm in the media. Who wants to know? <laughs> but uh, while you guys have like the least amount of goals scored, you've also allowed the least amount of goals. You've allowed the least amount of power play goals, and you have like by far, it's not even close, taken the least amount of penalty minutes kind of of all of those numbers 
What does that say to you about your guys' team this season? Um, yeah, like we're a disciplined team looking at the penalty minutes. Uh, I think we have 55. The next closest is like 134. <laughs> wow. um, so it's like a, a 77 uh, minute difference. And that's just discipline and um, staying out of the box, right? Like against a team like six nations, if you're in the box all game, they're going to light you up. So that's just one thing that we've really been stressing is be disciplined, stay out of the box and play our game. Cause then we can play with those teams. Right. And then, as we're here with Jordy Jones-Smith, uh, pretty solid between the pipes. Riley Hutchcraft and Nikki Daymood, uh, both serviceable goaltenders that play at the in the NLL. Uh, your third guy here, I don't even know if I want to attempt to, to maybe say his name here. Is it Schutzen? Schutzkiata. Okay. I keep it easy. Schutzenkowski. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, we have – we honestly have – uh, unbelievable deep like uh goaltenders like they're brick walls back there and even better guys um so it's uh, i always sit with the goalies um and just talk to them kind of see what they're seeing and how we can work on our defense and they're all communicative and uh great guys so it's uh it's awesome to have those three back there well let's round out the the staff here the coaching staff with cross and, and gavin um two pretty good guys to to learn from offensively defensively and just with their experience, uh, what they've accomplished in their careers as well. Yeah, absolutely. Like uh, Gav's in, Gav was on the last uh, Man Cup team for uh, Brooklyn. So that's huge for us to kind of have when that was pedigree. That? 2000 and... 2000. Yeah, 2000. Just, uh, yeah, 2000. So um, we had we had Sudzy on the bench there for the D2. He was a part of that team. Yeah. Um, and then and then Deggerton. So, um, yeah, like it, it is a great coaching staff, all of one. and kind of know know how to be at that next level and win and play play the game of lacrosse so it's uh, it's awesome to learn from them uh, I'm, I'm kind of jumping a little bit all over the place here with this next one but I, again in preparation i saw that you've played for england lacrosse in the past did you get an opportunity to watch them at the worlds over the past like handful of days and obviously excluding the incident at the end with andrew baxter and all that what did you think about their performance over there yeah i got to play with uh with them over in europe for the box and uh great group of guys a lot of them are playing on both teams uh obviously not the outcome that we wanted but i, I thought they gave a good go I it looks like they might be bounced uh for japan which yeah. is such a skilled team we saw them in the sixes um but yeah it's hopefully next year we just come back and or next next tournament come back and bounce back up in that pool a yeah, and uh, box team will be in Utica for the next go-around, and we'll see if uh, you make an appearance on that team as we speak here with Jordy Jones-Smith, convos with the captain. And I'm not really sure where I want to go next with this, Jordy. I, maybe you personally, and, you know, I remember a, a fresh-faced Jordy Jones back with the Whippy Warriors in, in the Minto Cup. And, you know, back then, the Brooklyn team was called the Redmen and, and the switch to Brooklyn LC, which I think was the proper move at the, at the right time, obviously maybe a, ahead of time in fact, but that whole region there, Jordy is, is really a lacrosse hotbed, the Durham, you know, you got the Gales, you got the merchants, you got the, the LC, you got the warriors who are, of course are defending Minto champs. What makes that, that whole area so special and, and produces so much lacrosse talent? Uh, we have a lot of guys come back and give to the game, like back to uh, the minor lacrosse leagues, like coach K Derek Keenan was my coach growing up my entire life. So having him coach us was unbelievable. I think there's 
eight guys from that minor team that made it to the NLL and then two in the NHL. Like he's just a great role model and uh, helped us get better. And then um, even the younger age groups, they had Willie as a coach and just having those types of caliber players come back and coach. It just, it's like any other hotbed lacrosse team. It's going to make them uh, great teams growing up. So that's kind of where we've been um, the last few, uh, few years. Again, I'm kind of jumping all over the place over here, but I want to go to the riptide a little bit now for this next one. And obviously the end results of the season weren't what you guys were expecting and what a lot of people were anticipating. But personally, you had a pretty solid season. You said a career high with loose balls with 26 and you matched your career high and caused turnovers with five. Um, How would you sum up your season last year on in Long Island? Um, It was nice. It was like getting back to, I was playing with a lot of new faces, um, guys I had never played with before, but, um, getting to gel with them and, and getting to learn the new systems was awesome. Um, uh, I'm looking forward to, I signed back to be there for the next two years. So I'm really looking forward to that and really growing into the group that we know we can be and winning those games that we know we can win. So, uh, really looking forward to that in the future. And what, what was that move like, Jordy? You, you just mentioned with Jammer, you've been hit with him for a long time. He kind of brought you into the NLL as a, as a walk-on, if I'm not mistaken. And you, you crack a, a pretty loaded rush roster, but didn't get to play the prominent role that I, I'm sure you wanted to, but you're getting that opportunity in New York now. So, you know, what was that like leaving a, an organization for the rush, going to New York, but, you know, maybe going to a team where you're going to get a better opportunity to show what you can do. Um, it's always tough. Uh, you make great friends over at the organization. Like my roommate was uh, Mike Messenger. He's an unbelievable guy. Okay, and, hey, I'm going to uh, stop you right there because I, <laughs> I, <laughs> I got to know what, what this is like rooming with Mike Messenger. If, if people don't like know who, who Mike is, the hammer and all the rest of it, this guy, like I was just watching his Instagram the other day and he was like parked on the side of a mountain. There was like an impromptu snowstorm, and he essentially just like dug a hole in the dirt and started a fire and just like set up shop for the night because he couldn't get out. This guy's nuts. What was it like rooming with him? He's, he's a beast. He's like, honestly, there's not much more to say. Like he, he's the man. So like he, he is a beast. And, uh, Honestly, all the outdoorsy stuff, like I'm je- so jealous, like fly fishing, everything like he's good at it all. So, it's the hunting channel um, on TV in the hotel room, just 24 <laughs> seven, essentially that or John Wick. Okay. He, uh, <laughs> he, uh, he puts the all black suit on and it's uh mess wick. So, you know, oh, that he's ready to play my. those nights. Okay. Good to know. <laughs> Oh, that's unbelievable. Um, okay. Well, at the time of recording or when people are listening to this, maybe tonight, uh, depending on. You guys have six nations in Brooklyn. That's your next game coming up. You guys have you've beaten them once this season. You've lost to them once this season. What should fans be expecting from from that matchup? For us to come out hungry again, um, like like they're an all star team, right? So just for us to come out and play the game that we know we can, and just stay disciplined, right? Like uh, we know we can get under their skin sometimes, and just um, just play that type of game and play play hard so that's that's what fans can expect every night from us really just to just to grind and get those uh, gritty plays i just got one more here for you jordy and i know uh you you 
you know, you just got off work and, and you hopped on the podcast here, which we appreciate. So I got to ask you, what what do you do away from the game of lacrosse work-wise? And uh, peel the curtain back a little bit on on the potential captain of, of the Brooklyn Lacrosse Club. What do you like to do for fun away from the game? You got a special person in your life. Uh, give me the goods. Absolutely. So uh, I work currently at uh, at a law firm. So I just wrote the bar last month. Oh, so I'm hope- and yeah, ho- hoping got- to be licensed. Okay, you don't have the results back yet. How long does that take? No. That's got to be stressful. Uh, it's it's very stressful. It's uh, it's six to eight weeks to get the marks back, which drives me nuts because it's a scantron. So <laughs> I'm pretty sure they could have thrown it through once yeah, I was walking through. Oh but- yeah, <laughs> scantron. Um, just see yeah, for so- everything. See for yeah. everything. No. Exactly. So, um, I'm working at a law firm in Whitby, um, and we're trying to there it's an established, uh, litigation and corporate commercial firm, but we're trying to get into sports law and help players get, uh, endorsement deals and nice. try and work, work there. So yeah, that's what we're really trying to get into that. So I was wondering um, what the courtroom in Whitby would look like, uh, with Jordy Jones, uh, at the, at the, the gavel there. Yeah, yeah, I'm. Uh, yeah, maybe one day I could be a judge with the gavel there. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, and then outside of that, um, I have a, a beautiful wife that uh, is actually very pregnant right now. Oh, um, congratulations, man! Thank you so much. July thirty first is the date, so uh, we're gonna have uh, a baby girl. So I don't know really if you got the. Did you get the that. Instagram post out there for that or not? I always like to to comment. He shoots, he scores when I see a lacrosse player. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, you can throw that on there. Knock up his wife or whatever. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And then if you're a a lawyer in your in your day job, are you running the kangaroo court then with the Riptide and any team you play on? What's the deal there? (laughs) No, I uh, I kind of sit back. I I, uh, I'm not as quick on my feet with the 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 jokes. So who runs that? uh, Danny Mac is he in control of kangaroo court there in New York? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Absolutely hilarious, too. So great captain there. Absolutely. All right. What about the fun stuff? Uh, When you're not playing lacrosse, you're not taking care of the pregnant wife. What's Jordy Jones doing away from from all that? Um, getting into golf. I'm uh, getting into golf pretty ball, heavy. Ball I'm... golf, Jordy. Ball golf. Oh my god, you got to <laughs> yeah. hear this, man. Jake plays disc golf, and anytime if you say like, "Yeah, I'm golfing," he needs to confirm if it's ball golf or not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's ball golf. It's it's uh, one of one of the courses around uh, my house actually turned into a uh, disc golf course. Oh, I love we to hear. thrown off. I we love to hear. No, no, get get on the program, man. Uh, Jordy. Appreciate your time here on Lax Class. Best of luck the rest of the season with Brooklyn. And uh, we'll look forward to seeing you and the Riptide back there in New York uh, in, in a few months from now, man. Thanks for doing this. Great job. Absolutely. Thank you for having me on. There he is, Jordy Jones-Smith. And if he's not the captain yet, Tino, it's not going to be too long before Jordy Jones-Smith has the C slapped on his jersey there. And I think... You know, with that young roster in Brooklyn, one of the guys that's been around, he's born and bred in that area. Perfect choice for for the captaincy in Brooklyn. And I got to say as well, like, that might be an all-time interview. That was was 10 out of 10. Pretty good. Uh, Put it this way, Santino. Somebody says, I'm playing lacrosse but it's playing field lacrosse. Like, do you just say, oh, you're playing lacrosse and automatically assume the person is playing field lacrosse? Or do you think, oh, maybe it's box lacrosse or field lacrosse? Stop trying to justify calling it ball golf. I will not. 
great interview there with Jordy Jones Smith. We still got another period to go here on the big program. Stick with us. We got Lax Glass Locks and Quick Sticks coming up next right here on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. Associated Labels and Packaging, a fun family company that offers premium quality labels and packaging with unparalleled service. With 40 years of experience, an extensive product catalog, and an ever-growing fleet of equipment, Associated Labels and Packaging is the perfect fit to take your labels and packaging to the next level. This is Zach Manns of the Toronto Rock. You're listening to Lax Class. Welcome back to Lax Class. We're into the third period here on 242. Jake Kelly, Santino Farah, and with you as well is Associated Labels and Packaging. They are the best in the business when it comes to labels and packages. They focus on people. They focus on ethics. And they focus on quality as well. Those are three good things to focus on, if you ask me. And then you add on that, they're family-owned. So you know they're doing things right down at ALP. Over 43 years of experience in the label and packaging industry. Are you kidding me? You need a label. You need a package. Associated labels and packaging is where you want to go. Uh, period three. Subscribe to the podcast, please. Review the podcast, please. And follow the podcast on social media. At Lacrosse Classified on Insta. At Lax Class on Twitter. Facebook page, email address is lacrosseclassified at gmail.com. Tino is at Ferratino. I'm at PXB for sports. Follow, review, and do it all. We appreciate you doing that. Period three also means it's time for Lax Class Locks. It's locked. Brought to you by Cool Bet Canada. Stay cool and bet responsibly. But before you do that and you haven't signed up to Cool Bet yet, don't delay. Do this right now. Go to coolbet.com. Sign up. Get your email and all that sort of stuff in there. It takes a couple of minutes. But before you make your first time deposit, use the bonus code up there in the top left corner, LAXCLASS. One word, L-A-X-C-L-A-S-S. Lax class, and what that'll do it is it'll give you free money. However much you put in, up to two hundred dollars on your first time deposit, cool bet they'll match you straight up. If you put in two hundred, they will give you two hundred dollars. I don't know why you wouldn't do that. Uh, then you can win some money betting on sports and playing the lacrosse classified parlay, which you can find in the search bar. And, Tino, we cashed in. You heard it there. The money drop coming in. And we're hot. We're on the heater right now as we look to go three out of four here for the parlay this week. And uh, I just took charge on this one, T. I'm not going to lie to you. I just, uh, you know, I <laughs> stepped That's the up. the right decision. Yeah. Langley Thunder, I mentioned that big matchup coming this Thursday. 
Thunder at Bellies. And what was the score in the first time around here? It was like a lot to not much. Yeah, it was a lot to a little. And that was in favor of Langley. Now, I don't think that's going to necessarily happen again. The Bellies are actually the favorite going into this game. So we're taking the Thunder at plus one and a half. So Langley can win the game or they can lose by one. And we're getting it at a minus 133. I love this value right here for the black and blue. Moving along, Victoria, I think, with some retribution and payback on their mind as the Burnaby Lakers went into Victoria and beat them, even though they were the home team, which was weird. But we're going Shamrocks here, minus 110. To, to put a little whooping on, on the Lakers over on the Rock. And we're doing the same for the Nanaimo Timbermen, who have the player of the week and Zach Manns. They just had a little firepower and Brett McIntyre up front. And all the horses are going in Nanaimo right now. We're taking them at a minus 120, minus three and a half to beat the Coquitlam Adnacks, who have just mustered one win so far this season. Yet all that up. Uh, you're probably looking at around a f- plus 540, something like that, Tino. And uh, you're getting a real nice, cool bet return on this one. Well over 100 bucks, jumbo bucks, for uh, for your betting pleasure here. What do you think? There uh, haven't been many times in the past year that we've been on a heater. So if there was ever an opportunity to jump on board and ride this bandwagon, now is the time. There you go. Uh, You heard it right there from Santino. So just to recap it one more time, search up Lacrosse Classified in the search bar. You'll see the parlay right there. Begins on Thursday, so get on it early. Thunder plus one and a half. Shamrocks minus three and a half. Timberman minus three and a half. And uh, take it to the bank, man. Go spend it now because by Saturday night, it'll be in your bank account right there. That was Lax Class Locks. We're not done here in period three. It's time for Quick Sticks. Quick Sticks. Quick Sticks. Quick Sticks. Quick Sticks. We need to work on that. We switched it up this week. I said, well, maybe I should try doing quick this time. You do sticks. That was a pretty poor job if i was like choking when you started (laughs) quick sticks they're brought to you by stampy tack and western wear mention the boots in period number one we've got to mention wrangler here in period number three they're canada's largest wrangler dealer and wrangler you think automatically you think jeans right but there's more to wrangler than just the denim yeah they got the plaid shirts they got the belts All sorts of stuff. The hats, nice-looking Wrangler stuff in Stampy Tech. Get ready for the rodeo or just, you know, a nice little summer evening out in the country. Who doesn't love a good pair of Wranglers? Stampede.ca, where shopping online is still shopping local. Canada's largest Wrangler dealer. There's a feather in your cowboy hat if I've ever seen one right there. Uh, quick sticks, Tino. I think I got way more than you. I don't even know if you have any. So let's begin here. Well, one of them was the MVP, Austin Stotts thing. So we kind of crossed that off the list. But 
I think the last time we talked was just prior to trade deadline day here in the country of Canada, as far as the, the summer loops go, and no shortage of deals. Cody Miloski and Stu Phillips off to Coquitlam um, as the junior ranks are just going wild. Like, it is an arms race in junior right now, every team loading up as quick as they can. Yeah, and I mean, the the Miloski trade was the one that we were all, like, kind of waiting for. Uh, Came down on the Friday evening, if I remember Mm. correctly, or the Thursday evening, whatever. Uh, and so they, they made their debut, both of them on, uh, on the Friday night game. So it must've been Thursday evening that they got traded, but, um, and they, they both looked great. Uh, Cody Miloski scored in, in both of his first two games. Um, Stu Phillips had to wait until their game on Sunday to get his first, but he was putting up points either way. They also got Austin Dukeman from new West, yes. um, who I think he's still looking for his first goal, uh, with the Adnax, but, Big body can clear a ton of space and has some pretty quick hands in tight. So um, that's another pickup that I like for the Adnax man. And they're the team to beat right now out West. I mean, quite obviously. Um, well, Nanaimo's looking good. Victoria's going to, you know, be right in the mix. How about uh, one Hudson Jenner? You made the Jenner family pretty, pretty proud uh, over the weekend getting to call his first goal. Yeah. The, I Honestly, like I kind of wish that I knew that this was his first uh, year in junior, but it just, it's kind of slipped my mind. So obviously I knew that was his first goal of the season. It didn't really click in that that was his first junior goal. So I wish I had, I wish I had thought of that to be able to add that into the call, but either way, like, man, like I I tweeted back at Freddie who again, like I haven't met him before. Um, We just kind of know each other through the lacrosse community very vaguely, but I tweeted back at him just saying, man, like, legitimately honored to have been a part of that that's such a cool moment and and the the jenner family are so prominent in the world of lacrosse especially out west here so to be able to play any kind of part of that was was really cool for them of course and a little bit cool for me as well uh ethan quinn and Jaden terry have been shipped to the Porco Colton saints from langley uh, Declan Fitzpatrick is off to the Edmonton Miners, so he's going to get a chance to play in the Minto Cup. Happy to see Declan get that opportunity. Chase Siobhan, who is actually the son of uh, former high school buddy Jeff Siobhan. I didn't know this until this year. He was playing lacrosse for Langley. He's off to the Orangeville Northmen, so a good chance that he also gets into the Minto Cup. Um, we saw the Langley Senior Thunder pick up not only Holden Garland, but Warren Jeffrey as well. Um, we saw the Six Nations Chiefs pick up Tim Edwards. We saw Nanaimo pick up Brett McIntyre. Lots of players moving around here. And another guy that was on the move was one Christian Del Bianco. And a lot of people asking me the question on this, isn't he playing senior B? How is Langley getting his right? What's going on here? So each and every year, a senior A team will affiliate themselves with a senior B team um, heading into the Man Cup where you are allowed to supplement your roster. I think it's by five extra players just for the Man Cup. So here's the situation. Like we saw Eli Salama do this last year for Langley. Played in the PLL all year long. Langley made it to the Man Cup. PLL season was over. Boom. Salama's on the roster. So Langley has acquired the rights to Jeff T. And that has the potential to happen as well. But how Langley went about getting Christian Del Bianco, who is playing for the Ladner Pioneers, and 
was Adnac property. So Langley had to deal, make a deal with Coquitlam to obtain his rights. They sent Keegan Bell and I want to say Jordan Roberts to the Adnacs in exchange for Del Bianco's rights for, I think, just this year. And then they affiliated with the Ladner Senior B team. So if Del Bianco's season comes to an end after the President's Cup, the Man Cup is after the President's Cup, we could see Del Bianco backing up Franklin Chiliano in the manner. That's how that all works with Del Bianco. Imagine Langley makes it to the Man Cup and all of a sudden you have Jeff Teat and Christian <laughs> Del Bianco playing for this team. Oh my God. I mean, they got to get there, right? They got to get there. Of course, of course. But, but yeah. the, uh, the potential is unbelievable. <laughs> Pretty crazy. Some more quick sticks here. Officiating for the cure. I didn't know this until just after we finished recording last week. Uh, but one of the WA's officials and, and young budding NLL referee as well, Riley Lowe, um, has been diagnosed with lymph- Hodgkin's lymphoma, which is a form of cancer that I believe you can beat. And, and yeah, I think uh, Mario Lemieux might have had the same form of cancer. So I think that the prognosis hopefully is, is a good one for Riley. And uh, he's, you know, a good, strong young boy. And I, I think he'll, he'll fight hard through this. But in support, the WA and all its officials will be wearing pink referee jerseys for the month of July in support of Riley and to help raise money for his battle. So I wanted to make sure I got that in. Uh, we're all thinking about Riley Lowe while he, he battles cancer right now. And on top of that, uh, I made mention of the potential WA playoff schedule last week as well, saying I had not confirmed it, but this is what I'd heard about the Island teams playing in the first round. if. Two Island teams make it. Well, I've been set straight on that uh, right from the top here that that is, in fact, not the case. That it'll be one versus four, two versus three, which I could not be happier about. I didn't want to see some kind of Mickey Mouse rinky-dink sort of playoff format here just because it saves uh, money on, on white spot burgers and some Perry rides. Like, I, it's not right, and I'm happy to hear that that's not the case It'll be your normal playoff matchups, one versus four, two versus three, regardless of who is in the playoffs. I will note this. There will be some news regarding those playoff series coming out from the WLA socials in, uh, I want to say, the coming days. I don't want to be the guy to break the news, but uh, some more news coming out about WLA playoffs in the coming days as well. I got one more quick stick, Tino, and uh, that is... The good old Jersey bracket from Road to Minto 23 on Twitter. I don't want to out this person on Twitter because I don't know if they want me to or not, but I know who's behind the account. And every year they do the old Jersey bracket and they match up 23 teams against each other. I think it's 22 because there's an odd number. I'm not sure how he's working it. Well, at least you know it's a guy now. So check this out. Road to Minto 23 and uh, have a little fun with this on the jersey bracket have you got your votes in yet tino uh, i haven't i'm just scrolling through the feed right now i i wish if i could add just just a little little constructive criticism can we see a picture with the posts as well that I feel like for the people well, that don't necessarily know lacrosse too much that would probably be really helpful why don't you tweet at them and request that tino how about That's a picture? just how about a picture to go along with the team yeah i uh that's fair okay 
I mean, take some initiative and responsibility. Take some initiative. Okay. No, it's not that um, I, I just quickly before we move on as well, I do just want to go back to the Riley Lowe thing just very quickly. Yeah. Um, if, if people want to check out on the WLA website, there is also a GoFundMe set up. There you go. Kind of on, on his behalf. So Probably should have mentioned the article. That. Yeah. Um, it's on the front page, super easy to find, scroll down, you'll see the link. Uh, yeah. So, uh, go, go support him if you have the means to do so. Absolutely. Uh, I'm glad you mentioned that. I think that is going to wrap up wax class 242. Tim, you got any more quick sticks you want to get in before we get out? No, that, uh, that sums it all up. All right, man. Um, thanks again for doing this. Thanks to Jordy Jones Smith for stopping by for a chat. Thanks to our sponsor, Stampede Tack, Associated Labels and Packaging. Mitch Jones, Real Estate, powered by Stonehouse, Coolbet, Rycor. Did I miss anybody? I think I got them all in there. I, we appreciate our sponsors so much. That's how this podcast keeps going. So please support these people. Give them a follow on social media. And anytime that you need a product or a little assistance from one of their expertise, whether it's home renovations, real estate, uh, clothing, labels and packages, or you just want to get down on gambling on sports, uh, find our sponsors and go to those guys to do all of that. Uh, And thank you so much to all the classmates, new, old, and, and current For listening to the podcast each and every week, we'll be back next week, every week, with another show. But now, this one is over. For Santino Fair, I've been Jake Elliott, and for the fastest game on two feet, and for the creator, stay safe, stay healthy, and stay classified.